Welcome to the King's Church Warrington podcast. Inspirational teaching from our Sunday celebrations. As we move through these days, we're entering into the possibility of a new normal. Things have the potential to change and hopefully for the better. Over recent months, we've been confronted with challenges and suffering on a global scale. With the COVID-19 pandemic, which is still being played out uh, across our world, we're facing again also the evil of racism, of injustice and inequality. This has been a season of shaking when things that many thought were reliable have been shown to be insecure. But we've seen that God and his word are reliable. It's been interesting in this season to see how some people who were in the limelight now have less prominence, whilst others have stepped up and stepped forward. In light of the suffering of this global pandemic, and having been confronted, as I say yet again, with the evil of injustice, inequality and racism, we look at our brokenness and our frailty as humanity, our human condition, and we really deep down know that we need a new normal. Today we begin a series of talks entitled The New Normal. And over the next few weeks we're going to look at real life stories of some people who encountered Jesus and found that following him changed their lives and gave them a new and better normal. Today we're beginning that series by looking at the story of a a woman from Samaria. Uh, We read her story in John's Gospel chapter 4 and she had a conversation with Jesus that changed her and change the town that she live in. If you want to know how God feels about the barriers that divide people, then look at Jesus. The Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. This was a long-standing racial and religious issue. It's a long story, but let me give you the headlines. After the reign of King Solomon, hundreds of years before the story in John 4, the Hebrew people divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And sometimes they got on well with each other and sometimes there was open hostility. As their parallel and yet distinct stories develop, and you can read about them in the books of Kings and Chronicles in the Bible, they had times when they walked with God and times when they rebelled. Both nations due to their rebellion to God, faced a season of exile. The northern kingdom was captured by enemy forces and taken into exile first, and then a little while later, the southern kingdom. When they returned to the land, they each had a different story. The northern kingdom was repopulated by that current world power of its day with people from other nations that it had captured, and some of the Hebrew people. And the southern kingdom was returned later from Babylon under the leadership of people like Ezra and Nehemiah. You can read about the story in Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, books of the Old Testament. And these regarded themselves as the real people of God and they looked down on the northern kingdom as it was, the Samaritans. They thought that there there was both religious and racial tension at that time and Jesus in the story in John 4 smashes through this religious and racial tension. He sees beyond their mindsets and he sees people. He saw a person. Because of the racial and religious hostility at the time and the tension that had developed between the Jews and Samaritans, 
many Jews wouldn't even travel through Samaria. So if they were in the Galilee in the north of the country and they wanted to get to Jerusalem in the south or vice versa, the quickest route was to travel through Samaria. But many, if not most, wouldn't do that. They'd travel all the way around, adding a significant amount to their journey. Jesus wouldn't be drawn into that kind of nonsense and travel straight into the area of Samaria with his disciples. You see, God will not be drawn into our divisions. He stands above them and he looks down at them to break them down. And in this conversation, Jesus is going to smash through all kinds of social, racial, political and religious divides to reach a person and to change a town. And he's going to create a possibility of a new normal. We have lived in days of great tension and are living through them now. And when people are more concerned and vocal and outraged by damage to things than damage to people, then there's a clear sign that something is wrong. I'm not saying we should recklessly and unnecessarily cause damage to property. Please don't misunderstand me. But what I am saying is this. It is far more important the damage that has been done to people and the evil that has been suffered by them for many generations and to have perspective of what we are actually outraged about. Human suffering, the suffering of certain people groups is the most outrageous and we as God's people as the church get to be a voice of grace of humility of courage of resolve and strength to see the example of Jesus followed as we break through dividing walls to see people as human beings and show in word and deed the love of God to them we pray may your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven So Jesus was tired and thirsty from this long journey and he sits down near a well in the heat of the day. Jesus, fully God and fully man, is tired from the journey and he rests. It's a very ordinary situation. On a journey in a hot country, he sits down for a rest. And yet he's open to what his Father, Father God, wants to do and he's attentive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus is resting, a Samaritan woman comes to draw water in the middle of the day. Now that would be unusual. You would normally draw water in the cool of the day, but she's coming out in the heat of the day. Why? Was it because she was an outcast? Or was it because she'd faced so much rejection and pain she could no longer deal with people? People had hurt her maybe, and she wanted to just self-isolate for a while. And Jesus saw the pain that she was in and he saw the situation that she was living through. Jesus shows this in his words to her later in the story in verse 18 where he says, you've had five husbands and the man that you're now with is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. You see, she was either divorced or widowed or, or both. Some people say, well, was she just quite promiscuous and moved from one man to another? No. She would have been divorced or widowed at least five times. There were two predominant schools of thought about divorce at that time. The Shammah Rabbinic School, which said the only grounds for divorce, were, uh, the only grounds for divorce was adultery. Then there was the Hillel Rabbinic School, which said that a man could divorce his wife for almost any reason: spoiling a meal, speaking too loudly, being re- disrespectful to family members, 
I mean, they could just make up a reason, it seems to be, to get rid of their wife. Appalling. These were the options open to a man, but not to a woman. To a woman, the only reason she could divorce her husband was that he committed adultery, he had leprosy, or he attacked a virgin. These rules were not made by God. They were made by people. The disregard for women at the time was astonishing. A Jewish man would not speak to a Samaritan woman. And Jesus is going to smash through all of those divides. He will not be defined by the misogyny of his day or by the nation of his birth. He is defined by who the father says he is. And that sets him free to break through the barriers to love people. So this woman who meets Jesus at the well has either been rejected and divorced five times or widowed five times or a mixture of the two. Or someone has been unfaithful to her on a number of occasions. This woman is feeling absolutely broken and she's continually looking for security in relationships with men. In fact, she's still not alone. She's with someone else and yet she can't deal with people. Her problem hasn't been solved by her relationship. She's still feeling the pain of life. And she knows the pain of rejection. She knows what it was like, likely to be the talk of the town for all kinds of reasons. And she came out at the hottest part of the day to draw water from a well because she didn't want to see anyone. But there was Jesus alone. The disciples have gone into town, the town that the woman's just come out of, to get lunch. And Jesus is by the well, resting and thirsty. And as she walks towards the well, she must have seen Jesus and expected to either be ignored or insulted. However, she needs the water, so she walks to the well. And Jesus speaks to her and he asks her for a drink. He speaks kindly to her. He invites her to do something for him. He puts himself at her disposal and debt. And she's surprised because Jesus, a Jewish man, is speaking to her, a Samaritan woman. In fact, she says, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans, verse 9. Jesus is crashing through the racial, social, sexist and religious barriers to connect with a human being, a woman, a person. Others would see all the sexual, racial, religious divides and Jesus sees a person. What do you see when you see people? He realises that she would not be there at this time of day if if everything was okay. She needed a new normal. So they have a conversation and it begins very simply. Jesus asks for a drink but then he takes it a little further. And he says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you'd have asked him and he would have given you living water, verse 10. At first she misses the point and then she begins to understand that he's inviting her into a new normal and she knows that that's what she needs. And so she starts to move towards that and Jesus asks her to go and get her husband. And she deflects from the point by giving a true but incomplete answer. She says, I have no husband. It's then that Jesus says those words we referenced earlier. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. What you've said is quite true, verse 17 and 18. This takes her by surprise. 
and she tries to shift the subject to a theological debate, a little less personal. And she asks about where's the best place to worship. You know, the, the Samaritans say on the mountain in Samaria and the Jews say in the temple in Jerusalem. And Jesus won't be drawn into this divisive religious debate that was probably just a smokescreen anyway. He points to a really new normal. He says the time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They are the kind of worshippers. They are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and His worshippers must worship Him in spirit and truth. Verses twenty-three and twenty-four. So God is not limited to a building or a form. He's everywhere present, and He's not so much looking for our occasional acts of worship. He's looking for people who will live a lifestyle of an act of worship. So how we work, how we rest, how we treat others, how we forgive, how we serve, how we love, how we speak, how we consider others, how we do family, how we handle money, how we keep our word, how we consider others, how we live as disciples, learners who are following Jesus, who make disciples, learners who are following Jesus. This isn't about a building. It's a way of life, a community of people following Jesus together, loving, serving, reaching out to those around them. That's what God's inviting us to be. This is the new normal. People have asked me in recent weeks, when will church be opening? It's the wrong question. Church never closed. Church is the people of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, who have the Word of God, who have each other, who are meeting in all kinds of ways, using all kinds of creative means at the moment, serving our world, loving people, meeting the needs of the poor, sending aid to all kinds of places, bringing the good news of forgiveness in Jesus. You can't close that. The church is an unstoppable force empowered by the Holy Spirit. As they talk, she realises that this is no ordinary person. He knows things he could not possibly know. In fact, she becomes convinced that Jesus is the Messiah. And in fact, Jesus clearly tells her that he is. And she realises this. This is no religious debate. This is no racial rivalry. Jesus is the one who can give her a fresh start, a new normal. So she rushes back to the village to tell the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. This lady, in all of her brokenness and all of her pain, is a person of peace. Jesus talks about those later in the Gospels. People that as we go into areas to bring the good news we should look for, people who uh, listen to us. This lady listened to Jesus, who welcome us, this lady welcomed Jesus, who serve us, this lady served Jesus with the drink of water. This people of peace introduce us to their neighbourhood or network and she goes and gets her whole town to come and meet with Jesus. She's now the talk of the town but for a very different reason. And even though her life experiences have pushed her towards the edge of society and to isolation, this encounter with Jesus produced for her a new normal. She was now a friend of Jesus. And as J. John, the evangelist says, friends of Jesus tell their friends about Jesus. So as followers of Jesus, we get to humbly receive from those we're reaching out to. There's an interdependency. We don't look for a provider-client relationship. Neither we're trying to sell religious services. We're inviting people into the family of God, a family where there is dignity and interrelationship where we all contribute and we all benefit. We also get to share the good news. 
with our words and our deeds, we get to tell people about Jesus. Please don't fall for that nonsense that says, preach the gospel and only if you need to use words. That is nonsense. We need to use our words and our deeds, but we need our words. If we don't preach the gospel, people won't understand. If we don't, with our words, explain about the love of God, the holiness of God, the cross of Christ, the hope of eternity in him, a changed life, how will people know? Our words and our deeds. In fact, it's unkind not to tell people about Jesus. Our verse for the year at King's Church is this, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, Romans 1, 16. We also get to, when we find a person of peace, heal what is broken. Now that could be a physical healing, an emotional healing, an intellectual or mental healing. It could be any of those supernatural things, but it could also be seeing what's broken in that neighbourhood or network or society and bringing some healing. In the case of this woman who met with Jesus, her brokenness and her isolation is healed as she connects with God and then reconnects with the whole town. And the whole town come out to hear Jesus. There's a spiritual thirst. Now, just as this lady was leaving to go to town to tell everybody about Jesus, the disciples, who remember, had been into that town to get lunch. They'd been in town, they'd done some shopping, they'd looked around, they'd probably had conversations with people, but they led no one to Jesus. This is a town where everybody was ready to come out and hear about Jesus, but whilst they were there, they told no one about Jesus. They were so consumed, so focused on the run of life, on getting lunch, of sorting out the shopping, of having a look around, of seeing what the situation's like, of getting back to what they needed to do, getting on with their busy day, that there were people all around them hungry and thirsty to encounter God and they noticed none of them. And as they get back, Jesus says, open up your eyes and look to the fields. They're white for harvest. Now this story took place in January and at that uh, geographical point at that time of year, uh, the people would begin to sow the corn in the fields. And Jesus is saying to them, as you look to the fields, you say, well, in about four months, it's going to be harvest. But Jesus is asking them to see beyond the obvious and look a mile across the fields and see a town coming out to hear him. A harvest that is ready and plentiful, running across the fields to hear about Jesus. And the whole town of Sitka, that Samaritan town, came to faith for themselves. In fact, they say to the woman, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because what you said, we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world, John 4:42. The gospel changes a whole town, a town that people wouldn't expect to see changed, but they were hungry for God. And Jesus was determined not to be defined by the limitations that his society was trying to put upon him, by the religious and racial prejudice by the sexism he was going to break through all of that to reach people jonathan edwards the theologian and leader from the 1700s who lived in northampton new england said this the task of each generation is to see the direction in which the sovereign redeemer is moving and then to move in that direction will you lift up your eyes and see beyond the obvious and connect with what god is doing in his harvest field now all around you where is it time to sow? Where is it time to water? Where is it time to reap the harvest? Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
There's a time under heaven for everything. And in your community, your neighborhoods, your networks, there will be harvest time. There'll be places that are ready for sowing, ready for watering, ready for reaping. There's more than we can see with our physical eyes. We need to lift up our spiritual vision and see what God's at doing. God's at work doing. But workers are needed. Will you engage? So today, Jesus is inviting you into a new normal. Have you been limited and hemmed in by your preconceptions and your prejudice, I wonder? Is it time to move through those limits and smallness and to take hold of the things that Jesus has taken hold of you for and get out in the harvest field that's vast and ready? Maybe like this lady in our story, you feel broken, hurt, disappointed, looked down on. Jesus has a new normal for you. Maybe you're struggling to face people. Jesus has a new normal for you. Maybe you feel on the edge. Jesus has a new normal for you. Will you come to him today? Will you allow him to forgive you, to lead you, to refresh you and to enable you to follow him? Do you need a new normal of becoming a follower of Jesus? If so, say sorry for the things that you've done wrong. Ask Jesus to forgive you, to come and be with you by his Holy Spirit, to lead you through life and to be with you for eternity. Maybe you've drifted away from God and it's time to return today. Ask God, say, I'm sorry for drifting from you, Jesus. Please help me to walk with you. Maybe you've been hemmed in by barriers, by prejudice and preconceptions and fears that have kept life very small. And you need to smash through some of those today and reach out to God and reach out to people. Ask Jesus to give you breakthrough today. Maybe like this lady, Jesus said to her that he had living water that could refresh her and she'd never thirst again. Maybe you need refreshing today. Ask God to fill you afresh with his Holy Spirit. And maybe you're realising today as you lift up your eyes to see that there's a harvest all around you. Ask God to fill you afresh today with his Spirit and send you into his harvest field. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much that you save, you restore, you refresh, you heal, you bind up the brokenhearted, you help us to break through barriers and you send us into the harvest. And I pray for the people listening to the podcast today, that whichever one of those categories they may find themselves in, that you would meet them at their point of need and take them into the new normal that you have for them. I ask it for your name's sake and for your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.